Radio News. Faith FM, I hope you are having a wonderful day. It is a glorious day here, just happening right outside our studio. It's just me in here today, just me and DJ Shell. How are you, DJ Shell? I'm good. (laughs) Looking forward to this morning. (laughs) I just love that we've been abandoned by the men. We can do it, girl pal. (laughs) Blair is on his way. He's uh, just had a little... um, breakdown with his uh, motorcycle but he will be here shortly but for now it's just you and me and our lovely listeners good morning listeners hey text us in tell us what you're grateful for it's been a while since i've heard a gratitude text i'd love to know what you're grateful for this morning zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. i am grateful for um, my breakfast i'm having a toasted cinnamon and raisin bagel and it's delicious what are you having for breakfast Shell? <laughs> don't tell me it's nothing Water. <laughs> I'm going to have to make you a toasted bagel. <laughs> hey, before Blair comes in, can we get a piece of paper, please, and write on it, no puppies, no entry, and then stick it on the front door? Because if Blair doesn't turn up with a puppy today, I'm honestly just going to have to have him fired. He, he was riding his motorbike in, so I highly doubt That's he had not a four-week-old puppy in his backpack. <laughs> They're small, because it's a puppy, it's smaller. It'll fit in his backpack. <laughs> <laughs> it could probably fit all of them in his backpack. Uh, our presenter, Bear, Pastor Bear, he has uh, puppies at the moment. Uh, I don't know how many of them he has, but I do know uh, that he's got at least two dogs and a whole bunch of puppies at home because I follow his dog's account on Instagram and it's super, super cute. Oh, you started. Yeah, you know, yeah he has a he, – his dog is famous on Instagram yeah. and it's just it's just adorable. It's uh, one of those like long-haired dash hounds. Yep. So cute. Super cute. Long-haired sausage dogs are one of the cutest dogs out there. I just adore them. But, yeah, really hoping he brings in a puppy this morning. It'll be the third time that he fails if he doesn't bring it in. I'll be very disappointed with him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Oh, guess who's in the studio with me now? <laughs> It's Blake without a puppy. <laughs> that Blair, you got to get. Oh, that sorry, right. sorry, Go sorry, on. Blair. Blake, Blake <laughs> is the regular. I'm the filling. <laughs> sorry, it's two B L A names. <laughs> <laughs> I get Blake all the time. Yeah, and neither of them have puppies. So no puppy, <laughs> no banjo. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How are you, Blair? It's good to have you back in the studio. Good to be here. Glad you made it. Hey, I'm going to ask you a quiz question. This is a what city am I quiz. The first clue goes like this. Oh, man, I'm already regretting this. I can't even pronounce the first word. Um, Oniforus? Anisibus? No, which one? I'd have to see it. Oh, I think we ha- Oh, no, we haven't had this one, but we had the same name. Okay. it's. Uh, so I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it cor- correct. Oniforus? No. <laughs> it's it's spelt one C for us. <laughs> I think it's a new, new, oh, mercy. So this dude ministered to Paul while he was in this particular city. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is a what city am I? Onesiphorus. 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 That's what I'm going with. Onesiphorus ministered to Paul while he was in this particular city. What city am I? If you can tell us, 0491064669. Get yourself in the drawer. 
It is happening tomorrow. You could be winning a double set of books, Thoughts on the Mount of Blessing by EGY and One Thoughtful Hour, Tracing the Final Footsteps of Jesus by Jerry D. Thomas. A, a truly beautiful um, gift set of books. Um, the first one talking about the greatest sermon ever preached, that's the Sermon on the Mount, and um, and just going over uh, um, Expounded in the Classic by EGY. So it's a really beautiful book that also packs a powerful punch. And then the um, the second one is... Uh, taking the advice to spend an hour contemplating the the sacrifice of the life of Christ and uh, and allowing us to have like a day-by-day devotional to check that one out. So those are beautiful books that you're definitely going to want to win this one. Get yourself in, answer the question. Just one just one quiz has to be answered and, uh, and you could be in the prize draw for tomorrow's big wheel spin. <clears throat> and I just want to say... Someone's come through with puppies for me, Blair, even though you haven't. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Tell me. So someone called Margie's just texted and she says, Hi, girls. I'm grateful for our beautiful weather in Queensland. Mon, if you are after a puppy, I've got five for sale. <laughs> they are uh, Shizu Maltese, different colors, male and female. They are being advertised by a friend of mine for me today. Send me your phone number and I'll send you pics. Here's Ooh, my phone nice. number, Mark. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to send um, Do you know what, Mark? You can just send it through uh, to that to that lumber or to the um, to the Faith FM Facebook page and uh, and put them on there because I definitely want to see the puppies. I'm very excited. You don't even you don't even bring me photos of puppies, Blair. Oh, look, I got plenty of photos. I've got an Instagram page. I, I know full of we photos. talked about it before you came in. <laughs> <laughs> I stalked it. I found it. <laughs> Twelve thousand followers is. And it's very impressive. Thank you. you. You're almost as many followers as DJ Shell. Oh wow! Uh huh. DJ Shell's proper proper Insta fame. Oh man. <laughs> hey, I've got some interesting news for you. Have you been following this whole debacle in the US with TikTok? Yeah, yeah, of course. The, yeah, um, yeah. They, the the Chinese owned mm-hmm. TikTok, and they're you know worried about data. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What, what what are your thoughts on that? By the way, I mean, yeah, the CCP. Um, yeah, you never know how they'll react with data. I mean, I think there's definitely cause for concern. But what do you think? Oh, I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, wow. It's a hundred percent just the US trying to get one up on the Chinese. Oh, well, that's absolutely the case. Yeah, because because no, these because cons- they've got Facebook and they do the same thing with Facebook. exactly. Like but they don't mind doing it. They know how powerful it is, right? Mm-hmm. All that data, yeah, through Facebook. Well, you know. is it really like? Oh no, you're gonna find out that our citizens like to watch people dancing. Oh no, well, that's true. what are they gonna a do lot with of that? TikTok is dancing, <laughs> right? I just like I mean, none of the concerns that are uh, you know none of them are unique to TikTok. So anyone who understands how companies make money with data will tell you that. The internet is designed to share information with anyone who wants it. So stuff like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, they all share data with Chinese companies. The Chinese government can also buy data from American companies Mate, who have it for sale. Your data is everywhere these days, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You can't control it. So, um, you know, federal government over there allows tech companies to violate your privacy. So it's really, like, in my opinion, nothing, like, it's nothing new. There's a bit of showboating in it, that's a for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Biggest show, but anyway, I do you actually have TikTok? Do you use it? No, no, I don't use it. No. Okay, okay, I have TikTok. I don't make any TikTok videos, but I occasionally like to watch TikTok videos. I actually quite enjoy it as an app. I understand that it's designed to be addictive, and it certainly is. Like it's just one of those things where you open the app and then suddenly forty-five minutes have gone by, and you're like, "Oh, what just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't even notice the time go. Anyway, Utah, the state of Utah in the U.S. has started an initiative that I think is just great. Um, They are now uh, introducing a law. This happened last Thursday. 
the groundbreaking uh, rules for children and social media. So laws require social um, uh, state that now um, there's now a legal bedtime for underage users of social media, a legal bedtime. So this is like, I mean, I'm having trouble trying to figure out how they're going to police this or enforce this, but it requires that all social media platforms uh, have to get parental consent before minors can create accounts, and it has a curfew from 10.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m., so underage users can't be on social media in those hours. Once again, absolutely no idea how they're going to do this, because if you think about it right, if... If they have to prove that they're an underage person so that the apps then shut down so the kid can't use it after 10.30 and 6.30, in order to do that, in order to alert the tech company that it's an underage user, you have to submit identification, including birthday, to a tech company. So you're actually handing over even more information about the most vulnerable people on the internet, kids, and I feel like they, I feel like they've created a law. Haven't really thought it through that much. It's a great law. I definitely think that kids should not be um, uh, on on any screen after ten thirty. In fact, after like four thirty, to be honest. But after ten thirty and before six thirty, and um, but I really, I really think that this could be a massive problem. And a lot, of, a lot of these like sort of bedtime, state-run bedtime um, laws for social media, they're actually starting to look a little bit uncomfortably similar to the way the Chinese government parents its citizens. So I think about uh, two years ago, 2021, a law in China um, that introduced limits kids to just three hours of video games a week, and that's done to curb their gaming addiction, which did get a lot of criticism from Western countries like the US, of course. Um, but once again, that... That meant they had to hand over, like, you know, who's a kid, which users are underage, which users are kids. And so now the Chinese government knows which of all their users are children. I mean, Chinese government probably knew already because they're so, um, you know, heavy-handed with that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think that this is going to be really dangerous, particularly for predators, to suddenly have a database, an entire database that was created by a local government um, pointing out which users are kids. I just feel like it's going to be super dangerous. So I don't know. I think it's great. I think I think the law is is like it's, it's a step in the right direction, but I think they have to fine tune how they're going to get that done. Like how are you actually going to prevent underage users from being on their social media accounts? Like if like let's say you have a you know parents with kids. The kids have their own phone, and so they've had to prove, in order to open the account, they've had to prove that they're a kid. So the the app shuts down after 10.30, so they don't get to access it. But then what happens if they're just going to get their parents' phone and they get their parents' account, which, you know, is a parental account, which won't have that app um, app uh, um, curfew, and then just start using their parents' one? Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a little foster brother, and he does that exact thing yeah, all the time right? to my mum. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then with I hate to say it, but you know, so many parents now shove a screen in front of a kid to get the kid to shut up and behave and give them some peace and quiet, get and get a break. And so I just I feel like I feel like if a kid chucks a tantrum at eleven PM and the parents exhausted, the parents are just gonna hand over their phone. Which is gonna be even more dangerous because if the if the age consent like you know how they have like kid um kid friendly 
settings. Almost every app, like every website has kid-friendly settings, like Netflix and that kind of stuff. You can, like, change it so it just shows the kids' stuff. If the parents are now handing over their phone because the kids' phone is blocked thanks to the government and their phone doesn't have any of the kids' safety stuff, it's... I feel like we could either go really good here or really, really bad with these new laws. So, yeah, definitely interesting to see what's going to be happening in Utah in the next few years. I guess, in some extent, good on them for getting down this track. But, yeah, going to be interesting to see how it actually plays out. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I'm feeling so much better right now. Our listeners have been sending through pictures of puppy dogs. I'm feeling pretty good about it. In fact, if anyone else wants to send through <laughs> photos of your dogs, I'm 100% here for it. But let me give you another clue for our quiz. It is a What City Am I quiz. The Lord told Paul that as he testified in Jerusalem, so he must testify in this city. The Lord told Paul that as he had testified in Jerusalem, so he must testify in this city. Do you know what the answer is? Yeah. Oh, of course I showed the card earlier because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> pronounce that word. <laughs> I should probably look up how to pronounce that word, actually. And I'm, I'm really sorry for everyone who's confused. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> it's a pronunciation video, but it takes like a minute. Anyway. Um, Blair, what is happening around the world today? Oh, look, there's always so much happening, isn't there? Breaking news, Disney has sued Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. What? You know, Why? You know Governor Ron DeSantis? Yeah, no. Oh, what? what? Which one is he? He's like the guy over in the US. He's oh, in Florida. There's, no, there's so many well, of he's, them. He's running. he's going to be running as, well, he... Everyone suspects he's going to run as a presidential oh, oh, that candidate one. up against Donald Trump. Yeah, and, yeah. And he has the. I, you know, I know, like what they're doing. I just can't remember their names. You just tell me which. Wait, what's so this Donald one Trump, done? And I'll be course, like, oh yeah. You know, he's yeah. got the the largest popular yeah. following uh-huh. in the Republican Party candidate. But you've got Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. who is very up there. You know, he's a very popular guy. He Why makes good conservative policies. Him? So this is an ongoing saga, but this is the latest development in an ongoing saga <laughs> where Ron DeSantis has been introducing social reforms, conservative social reforms uh, around protecting children with um, uh, explicit gender identity and sexuality mm-hmm. that's um, often thrust on the, you know, these sorts of uh, story, drag time story hours and um, teaching curriculums in the classroom with um, a lot of... Uh, uh, kind of adult themes around sexuality and um, gender identity and all of these sorts of things. And so Ron DeSantis came out earlier, put a bill out, which critics called the Don't Say Gay bill. Uh, this was kind of a bit of a... Uh, this, of course, wasn't what the bill was about, but this is what the critics slurred as a, a Don't Say Gay bill. But the idea behind the bill was that they... Uh, would put protections around what was taught in the classroom to children, minors, mm-hmm. uh, young people in the classroom, so that parents could... Um, could have a say, and if there was explicit sexual content taught to their children, it would open the school up for a lawsuit so the children, uh, the parents could have yeah, some protections yeah. around that sort of area, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, this was a, this was a kind of um, an interesting move. And Disney, uh, I, know I, would, I would say a very pro- positive <laughs> move. They, they're putting protections around these sorts of things. Well, Disney, uh, you, you know, Disney have an interest in children, 
you would think. Yeah, um, huge. <laughs> uh, Disney came out publicly against Ron DeSantis and and said that it was homophobic, um, transphobic, and oh. basically just uh, put on the public record that they were absolutely against this move and they wanted to, to have the free teaching of all of this in, in young children's classrooms. And so that kind of caused quite a bit of tension between Ron DeSantis and Disney. And over the, you know, different developments have taken place along the way, but uh, at one stage they were looking at, Ron DeSantis was looking at removing some tax exempt status from Disney because they provided some kind of, uh, additional help to get Disney going in the initial stages and there was some legislation there that was looked at. So there's been going back and forth, a bit of um, hustling and jostling around this issue. Well, the latest development is that Disney has just sued Florida uh, Governor John Ron DeSantis and, um, yeah, it's it's quite quite the interesting move. They're basically, um, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're suggesting that his comments um, have been... Yeah, as I as I mentioned previously, just uh, inappropriate, and they're using this as the basis of a lawsuit uh, against him. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, what damages are they actually claiming? Well, this is this is it's breaking news, so we're still waiting to That's hear some of these things. But of course, this this tussle has been going on for some time. Ron DeSantis is seen as by many Americans as the leading forerunner in conservative politics and social. Um, you know, conservative social values. Um, you know, he, he's he, he's known for saying uh, Florida is the state where woke goes to die, um, <laughs> and so he's he's unapologetic about um, his positions on these things, and he's he's making some real track way forward. He's very hugely popular in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. and he is uh, advancing policies that people around the world are watching. Conservative politicians around the world are watching and thinking, "Wow, how can he do that?" Mm-hmm. Um, because of his popular support, mm-hmm. and so yeah, this is this is interesting. Um, it's I'm I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what 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 this is gonna how this is gonna unfold. Um, but I certainly know one thing. Well, I suspect one thing that Ron DeSantis won't be backing down. He's uh, one to kind of get in for a bit of a tussle. <laughs> and so I'll be interested to follow and see how it, how it develops. Um, but, yeah, a, another another leg or saga in this ongoing controversy between Disney and Ron DeSantis. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the children, Disney is a children's entertainment, you know, theme park. Yeah. They should be interested in the welfare of children. Um, but it's interesting to me that they're, they've really jumped on board this this whole LGBTQ rainbow um, mm. uh, kind of ideas around putting it upon children. And so it'll be interesting to watch and see how that unfolds. Mm, absolutely. Gosh, what, what does Disneyland have to do with it? <laughs> it's just so crazy. Yeah. It, it, it sort of makes, it definitely makes you think conspiracy theories right there. Yeah, well, you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, some of the, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's up the top of Disney running these these things, but um, but yeah, they've they've started introducing a lot of their shows. You would have seen. Um, well, I don't know if you watch Disney or not. Not not, not hugely. <laughs> it's it's not, been a, it's been a while since I feel like it's been a while since Disney put. Out it's not just theme parks they run. They've got all the you know the the movie, mm-hmm. the little children's shows, and a lot of their children's shows now they're putting. They're just explicitly putting in. Um, oh yes, I've seen snippets of this on social media where people are outraged, like you know having 
you know, little cartoons about sharks and then there's two shark dads having yes, a shark yes, baby yes. and this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the argument going around and around is should we be thrusting this upon children? Mm. Um, and this is at the heart of this lawsuit and the ongoing controversy between Ron DeSantis and Disney. So mm. we'll keep watching and see how that one unfolds. Um, maybe one more breaking news story. Have you ever been scammed? Uh, yep. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't feel good, does it? No, really doesn't. <laughs> no, no. I, I've been scammed. Well, I've, I've I've had attempted scams many times. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah, and like almost every day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, you're taking these calls. You're telling. Mm-hmm. You know, I always try to talk to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they quickly hang up. Yeah. It's, I've found <laughs> that that's often a way that that um <laughs> mm-hmm. shifts the tables a little bit. But um, but in in a a, a report that's just been released. Um, more than $3.1 billion was lost to scammers by Australians last year, yeah. which is an astronomical amount. And the scamming is getting more sophisticated. It's happening on digital platforms, on text messages, on phone calls. And surprisingly, this report has revealed that uh, actually younger demographics are actually getting scammed in some cases more than older demographics. We often think yeah. of the oldies getting scammed, right? Um, but mm-hmm. it's uh, But it's actually... You know, for example, on digital platforms, young people are much more likely to be scammed because the the older generations aren't so much using those yeah, platforms. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite interesting, and the scams are getting more sophisticated. With um, we had a quite a discussion going back a couple a week or so about AI, mm-hmm. um, artificial intelligence, and some of the scams these days that are able to be done with voices being replicated of individuals mm-hmm. is um you know getting more scary, and more sophisticated yeah. more and more scary so many families um, are creating family safe words so that they can say the safe words so they know they're actually speaking to a member of their family that's right yeah. and and what i find really quite interesting and i think a really good move by australia here is that australia um the the, uh, the budget is going to include a 10 million dollar crackdown on criminal behavior and scamming uh, to try to increase cybersecurity for individuals and businesses in Australia. So I think that's a fantastic move mm-hmm. based on how much we're losing each year in these scams that are taking place, um, which is really dishonesty. Yeah, um, and stealing. Yeah. You know, I was actually really embarrassed to be scammed because I felt like, oh, I would, I'd never get scammed. I'm just, you know, not that you know, vulnerable to it. But yeah, just just recently it was actually just a text message from a toll company saying it's time to pay your toll and I had just driven through a toll so I'm concerned how they knew where my phone had been and uh, yeah, went to pay a toll and it was a scam company. So yeah, it's getting really smart. Definitely something we need to keep an eye on. And yeah, praise the Lord that they're cracking down and putting some money behind that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I'm so sorry, everyone. I have colossally stuffed up. I've been giving you the wrong quiz. So um, thank you so much to those people who texted in. Oh, Bruce has actually got it right. It is The answer to that one is Rome, but apparently we just did it the other day. So sorry, we're going to ditch that one, and I'm going to catch you up real quick with a different what city am I. So I'm really sorry, everyone. Here are three clues for our new city. Um, the home of Simon the leper was located in this city. Jesus had expensive perfume poured on his head in this city, and after Jesus led his disciples out of the city, he ascended into heaven. So that's the three really big clues all in one go. Do you know who this one is? Where this one is? Yes. Well, that's what I just told you in the break, didn't I? <laughs> I keep I keep telling you the answer, then asking you if you know it. Well, I yeah. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What city 
was the home of Simon the leper. Um, Jesus had expensive perfume poured on his head in this city. And after Jesus led his disciples out of the city, he ascended into heaven. Tell us what that one is. Hey, Jeremy Dixon, you're on the line with us. How are you? So, so stoked to be talking to you. Hey, it's going to be uh, big news for you. Apparently you're opening a restaurant. Already opened the restaurant. Already opened it. The restaurant is in New Zealand and is... I mean, I'm in Australia, and I've heard about it over here. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Must yeah. be amazing. I'm wondering when you're going to be opening one in Australia. I think that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Jeremy? What's going on in New Zealand? Yeah, going fine. You're just in cafe land here in Auckland. Um, um, yeah, it's always fun developing new dishes for our, you know, kind of city people. Auckland seems to have been quite um, quiet for the last year or so with COVID and people working from home and mm. train interruptions. So we're kind of uh, doing our best to build the business back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of businesses um, took a big hit through the COVID era, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously a lot of people aren't coming back. People are working from home these days, and um, Auckland Central is a bit kind of um, unloved at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's coming back slowly, which is good. Well, praise the Lord that your doors are still open. Yes, exactly. That's uh, good. But I thought today I'd share with you some of my recipes. From my very first cookbook, I did back in 2011, oh, um, that kind of kind of got my cookbooks underway. Some of the kind of our stars from our cafe that kind of people kind of um, kind of really really love. So I thought I'd kind of reminisce back. Actually, you know when you do your first, I've done ten cookbooks now. So you, you know when you look to your first bit of work, you kind of kind of squeam and go, "Oh, the photography's <laughs> not that good." And, oh no, did I do that? Why did I say that? You know, your very first first kind of project, but um, yeah. but overall the recipes are quite cool. So I thought I'd share some of those. That'd be awesome. Now, was that first cookbook released after or before the restaurant went out? Was started? Oh no, we started in two thousand and five. Gotcha. Oh. But- oh, I think we've lost him. New Zealand has gone Sorry, back to bed. Sorry, my sister was trying to call and then interrupted, <laughs> so I'll just hey, call her back. Hey, do leader. Hope you're listening. <laughs> we yeah. lost Jeremy. Yeah. I was really interested. I, I, man, I was... I really, no, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> we got him back. We were, we were, we were just saying how interested we were and then you dropped out right on us. <laughs> it was a real cliffhanger, a real cliffhanger. That, but You've got a hook, line and sinker. We're ready. <laughs> All the anticipation... <laughs> So one of my favourite recipes in, the, in the, one of our sort of salad bar is, um, and one, it's probably not the easiest recipe to make, but they're just amazing, is sweet chilli roast veggies. Ooh. So um, so what you do is you basically have to cut and roast up, like, you know, sweet potato, pumpkin, carrots roast really well, beetroot, um, some red capsicum, some courgette and some red onion. And you pretty much roast them up in the oven with a little bit of oil until they're soft. Um, and that takes a bit of work. It takes a bit of work by the time you take the skin off pumpkins and things. Mm. So you have this really beautiful, colourful roast veggie mix. It's important to make sure you roast all the components in different kind of areas of the tray. Mm. For example, you don't want the beetroot staining all the pumpkin and all that kind of thing. So you kind of want to make sure you keep your, your vegetables independently coloured um, before you mix them together. And then you kind of put them on your platter, just put them on gently and mix them up kind of gently. And there's a really nice dressing we put over. And you pretty much get a frying pan out. Put a little bit of oil, some sweet chili sauce, some apple cider vinegar, some whole grain mustard, a little bit of salt and some water, and you kind of stir that around until it kind of kind of blends together, and then you drizzle it over the roasted cheese. Oh, 
Wow. And it is the most amazing sweet chili roast veggie salad around. I just got so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really <laughs> glad that for once I had breakfast before I came on air. Otherwise, I'd be having a hard time right now. But I'm definitely going to use this recipe, Jeremy, because someone gifted me a bag of root vegetables. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know okay, cool. what they are. But I feel like this could be the way to use them up. Yes, oh, that's great. That's good, good. Yeah, but yeah, the, the more colours you've got, the more the better. That's probably the main, main key with it. So get all those different colours in, but beetroot and um, red onion and um, courgette are really nice additions. For so uh, is that, uh, that recipe is in the original cookbook you said, yeah? Yes, cookbook number one, page 34, So, which is great. And what else is uh, out of that next, cookbook? Well, on page 74, one of our hot pots has always kind of been a star, is not butter chicken. Oh, yes. Ooh. So the trick for this one is you want to get your – it's made from tofu. So what you want to do is you get your tofu and you put it in the freezer. You drain it out, put it in the freezer probably two days before. And when you when tofu goes in the freezer, it develops like a chicken-like kind of fleshy texture. Oh. So you pull out the freezer to frost it and kind of tear it apart into kind of – I cut into chunks or tear it into bits. And that gives kind of your protein for this. And then you make a really nice – um, kind of Indian curry, butter chicken curry. So you just fry up some carrots, onions, garlic, oil, um, so they're really, really nice and soft. And then you throw in your, throw in your spices. So, you know, um, ground cumin, turmeric, coriander, garam masala, and obviously add a bit of garlic and ginger. So you've got this really fragrant kind of onion-carrot mix with all the spices and ginger and garlic. And then you add a little bit of chilli powder if you want. And then you just throw in some... Um, some blended cans of tomatoes and some coconut cream and you've got yourself a really nice kind of Indian nut butter chicken gravy. Mix it with the, uh, the tofu and that tofu, which is obviously quite bland, really soaks in all these beautiful flavours and it's just a really delicious nut butter chicken. Wow. That's very impressive sounding actually. I could do that too because I have a bunch of tofu <laughs> that, that in my hack fridge. of the, um, the tofu in the yeah. freezer, I'm really curious and interested Same. to try that. Because, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, getting the tech, because I was saying, you know, you said tofu as the butter chicken pie and I was like, oh, well, you know, tofu's tofu, but, but the texture is the mm. key. So, mm. wow, yes, I'm, yes. I'm interested to try that out. Cool. Another one on page 148, and this is a really cool, cool just to commute some multiple, multiple things, is a pineapple salsa oh and this is really nice to dip corn chips in or have with a meal or on a salad or something it's a really nice really nice tangy thing and all you do you get just a can of crushed pineapple um it's um obviously you want it in juice not in the syrup so drain out your pineapple you get little bits of pineapple or you could just cut a cut a normal pineapple off a pineapple up really 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 fine and then you add some very thinly diced red capsicum um half a red onion really finely diced squeeze of lemon juice, a bunch of um, coriander chopped up really finely again, and a bit of cayenne pepper, and mix that round. It's a really, really fresh salsa with kind of a sweet pineapple. You've got the, kind of a tangy lemon juice and red onion, and it's just a really nice salsa to have um, that goes in a multitude of uh, places. Yeah, wow. I'm trying to imagine where I would use that. Like, so is that, I mean, I think of salsa and Doritos. You dip chips in salsa. Yeah, yeah. Corn chips are just amazing. Right? I feel like you can put great, this on great. top of haystacks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely haystacks. Um, or, yeah, it's great. It's great. Or just even mix through with some lettuce and make a salad out of it or whatever. It's just it's brilliant. Or if you're like me, nice just eat with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's also quite nice when you get um, little, little cost lettuce 
leaves and you oh. kind of put um, something in there and munch through it. Yep. It's quite a good te- textual experience, very fresh and uh, alive as well. Yeah, love it. This sounds amazing. Um, this, where can people find this cookbook, by the way? We have, we're not running out of time at all. I'm just already planning about buying this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're right, Kat, book theory. So I think you can get them in the ABCs. Um, you can buy it from my site, survive.co.nz in New Zealand. So we can ship them across. Um, so that's probably the easiest way for people to, uh, to get them. And they're all plant-based cookbooks, aren't they? Yep, yep, totally plant, yeah, totally plant-based. The first, first two cookbooks do have a, Couple of recipes with feta cheese and eggs in them, mm-hmm. um, but apart from that, everything's all um, all super vegan and um, plant based. Yeah, no, what inspired you to write them, by the way? Well, back in back in the days when I started my cafe, people you know people always come up to say you should write a cookbook. So okay, I'm going to do one. So I um I rang up a few publishers around town and said, can, I, can you do a cookbook? And they all pretty much told me to um go swim in the traffic because there's uh, <laughs> way too many cookbooks around. So I said, okay, little routine, I'll do it myself. So I um. I um, basically took up photography, hired a graphic designer, contacted a printing company, and managed in 2010 to stitch a cookbook together the best I could. Wow. And um, my original printing was 4,000 books. Mm-hmm. And because I self-published, I had to pay for those all up front. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, these are going to be sitting in my garage for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they sold out within like three months, and I was doing a, I had to rush quickly to get another reprint done. Wow. I think my That's original book I've reprinted about, about 10 times now. So, um, so was the, main, a, was the a, main distribution of that just like people in the cafe coming up and you just sell them through the cafe? Yep, so a lot through the cafe, a lot through our online site in New Zealand. Um, got into all the um, bookshops in New Zealand and the mainstream retailers. Uh, signs or the Adventist Book Centres in um, Australia sell a lot. Um, Pacific Press and the ABCs in America. Sold some on Amazon. So it's just kind of a combination of different channels that, uh, that yeah, sold wow. And now you've done nine more. Yes, accidentally each year I happen to, on average every year I, I do another cookbook. But you, the latest you, one. You're not sorry. still self-publishing those, are you now? <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely. Oh, you are. Good on you. Yeah, self-published. Yeah, so, the, so basically, if you go for a publisher is great, and they do a lot of work for you. But um, basically, self-publishing, you you obviously have to do a lot more work, a lot more risk up front. But obviously, you get a lot more per book. Yeah, um, yeah. When you sell them, and you've got a bit more control over what you do, and you can sell them. So, um, hey, it's pros and cons it, of both methods, but it works well. That's right. If you did it the first time, you know, why rechange the wheel? Yeah, the first time would be. Yeah, the and I do believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly, exactly. Once you've done, yeah, the first time you do anything in life, it's always super hard. That's it. Um, so you just got to get over that that um, that hurdle and get the first one done. And I, I think everyone should write a book. I think everyone's got a book in them. Um, whether they self-publish, whether they do a small run, whether they go through a publisher, I think everyone's got something to share. And I'd recommend everyone in their lifetime would, would produce a book. That's a great challenge. That is rather. I like that. Yeah. So. I'm just thinking right now, what book like am a, I going to write? <laughs> exactly. What are you passionate about? And and, um, and the good news is it becomes a, a supercharged business card. So it's really helped me in my other businesses. Because when you walk into you know meetings with retailers and supermarkets trying to sell them stuff, you bring in a bring in a book that's published, you know, suddenly you've got a lot more credibility. So and you can bring in ten. Taking seriously. <laughs> I can see I can just see you turning up to a meeting with like a library. <laughs> yeah. And here's my book. That's great. Good. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. That's just really wonderful. It's, I'm I'm happy that someone's taken their talent and just has you know stuck that light on a hill. I, what I love as well is that you know the plant based thing is amazing. Mm. So healthy. Um, you know. But 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 plant based food, which is so good for you, 
can taste so good. And this is what I love about what you've mm. just been describing. I'm so hungry and it's plant-based. <laughs> so you don't have to sacrifice taste and the experience of eating when you go for a more healthy diet. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it can be harder because, you know, meat does have an, and meat and dairy have inbuilt a lot of flavor. So you've got to, you kind of got to work a bit harder with your flavors to get things tasting good, but it's durable. And one of the things I think people appreciate my, about my books is that, like, I'm a very quick, I'm not a chef, I'm just a quick cook. So everything I do is, you know, cafe style, we've got to minimize labor, do things quick, no nonsense, expensive ingredients, no three day prep you have to do for things. Mm. So everything's just, you know, very simple, quick. So I've, very sim- I've, I've got, I think I've got the, the, the talent of simplifying things. So mm. my recipes people find very easy to make and also yeah, they taste good as well. Yeah, nice. Praise the Lord for that. I'm stoked about this. This is great reminiscing about your first book. Is, uh, have you shared your favorite recipe from that book already? Um, well, it's kind of like asking you what your favorite child is. Oh, right. <laughs> um, Fair your enough. Favorite recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I've got one more quick one to share if yeah, you want. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, how, much, how much time have we got? We've got one probably minute one, and eight probably, seconds. Okay, the one minute and eight second birch and muesli. <laughs> so this is probably the recipe that people people get back to me and say, this has changed my life. Mm. And basically, I think everyone's ready with the overnight oats or the birch and muesli. Mm-hmm. So all you do is you get some, or you, you prepare it the night before. So you get some oats, some orange juice, some, some plant-based milk, some sultanas, some chopped nuts, um, and some grated apple. You stir it up, put it in the fridge, and it should be watery than you, you think because it's going to set. And when you get up in the morning, you've got a beautiful, creamy, tasty, filling, fruity, sweet breakfast that you can eat while you're driving in the car or on a train or whatever. And it's just packed with everything, tastes great, and you know, it's a really good way. Of, I know a lot of people have started eating breakfast with birch and muesli. So if you're having trouble getting to breakfast, try birch and muesli. It can um, definitely change your life. Yeah, wow. And that was quicker than one minute and eight seconds, so well done there. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us this morning, Jeremy. It's always a pleasure having you on board to tantalize us with your no stories. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.